He lowered the phone and sat back and closed his eyes without writing anything down. Outside his driver's side window, two men wearing dirty jeans and hoodies and ball caps pushed their way out the door of the bar. He recognized them as sapphire miners. Sapphire mining was a small industry in the county, and there were scores of one- and two-man claims that had been worked for years and still produced. The miner in the gray hoodie was practically as wide as he was tall. The one in the yellow hoodie was gaunt and skeletal, with eyes sunk deep in their sockets. They were laughing and shoving each other. Yellow hoodie had a 12-pack of Coors Light under his arm for the road, and he'd no doubt leave a trail of empties all the way up into the big belts to his little one-man mine. They looked up and saw him parked, but didn't straighten up or try to act sober. He was just a guy in a muddy SUV to them, because the vehicle was unmarked. Even the plates didn't give him away because they were skip plates. If anyone ran a check on them, they'd come back to a fictitious address and company name. Cody? Edna asked. I'm here. Did you get that? Yeah. The complainants called from the York bar. They agreed to stay there until they met the officer so they could guide him to where the cabin is. Officer Doherty was dispatched to the scene, and he is there with them now, taking their statements. Should I ask them to stay until you get there? Not necessary, he said. I know the cabin. Tell Doherty to proceed. I'll meet him there. What did they say about a body? Not much, really. They said they thought it was an old place by the look of it, and they poked around inside a little. They said that they think there's a body there because of the smell and what looked like a human hand but they didn't actually see the body. They said it was raining hard and getting dark, and they just wanted to get out of there. Male or female body? They don't know. They said the hand might have been a glove or the arm from a dummy because it didn't look real. He nodded to himself. Fire turned human bodies into sexless grotesques. He'd been on the scene where the fire was so hot, the dead muscles of the arms and legs cooked and roasted and contracted the body into a fighter's stance. Arms curled against the chest and knees bent like a boxer in the ring. And the smell, like charred pork. Outside in the parking lot, the two miners put the 12-pack on the hood of a pickup and pulled out two cans and opened them. The spray from a can hit fat gray hoodie in the face, and he bellowed a laugh as he took the beer. Okay, Cody said to Edna. He said, Edna, call Larry. Tell him I need him. Larry Olson, the only other detective in the five-man criminal investigations division whom Cody thought was worth a damn. Olson was short, solid, and shaved bald, a flesh-colored fire hydrant who entered a room like a quiet exclamation point. Larry Olson was a Montana legend. He'd solved crimes by careful observation and exhaustive investigation. He wore suspects down. He wore his fellow detectives down. When an unsolved crime went on too long anywhere in the state, the call went out to borrow Larry Olson. The word was the only reason he stayed in Helena instead of going state or federal was that he wanted to be there for his three boys, who lived with their mother in town. Edna said, Larry's not on call tonight. She waited for him to acknowledge, but he didn't. Finally, she said, Cody? He held the phone out away from him at arm's length and made a gargling sound in his throat that resembled static. He said, 
I'm losing the signal right now. Call Larry. I'll call back when I get a better signal. And closed the phone and dropped it to the seat. Overwhelmed with a wave of nausea and needing air, he pushed open the door and stepped outside, his boots splashing in a deep puddle. Good one, skinny yellow hoodie said, laughing. Right in the hole. Cody ignored them as he bent forward, grasping his knees with his hands. He breathed in the moist mountain air, filling his lungs with it, mixing it with the smoke. His eyes watered and he stood and wiped at them. Cold water poured in over the top of his low boots, filling his socks. He wished he'd worn his cowboy boots instead. You okay? Yellow Hoodie asked. Fine. Want another beer? You could probably use one now. No, he said. They assumed he'd been drinking. Or, he thought, they recognized him from when he haunted the bar.